One of the things that I really appreciate, uh, th this year I turned 60, and uh, I feel like I'm 100 years old. Uh, I'm to the point where I went to the doctor uh, the middle of the year, and, and I looked at him, so I got some pain in my hands, and he goes, yeah, you just got to get used to that at your age. I'm like, wow, I'm your pastor, and you're dogging me about it. Give me a pill or something. But I, I love staying power. We live in a culture that's kind of use it, wreck it, throw it away. Uh, I've got a TV that I put in my backyard and I, I, I got it at Walmart. It was cheap. I knew that eventually if the sun shined on it, it would break and I'd just throw it away and get another one. I mean, it's just kind of the way, the way things go. So staying power, things that last, things that get old, things that make a difference over a long period of time, something in our culture that maybe we need a little bit more of or maybe we need to celebrate in a in a way that reminds us that sometimes the things that last for a long, long time make a significant difference in the lives of thousands and thousands of people. So this morning as we think about our day school and our congregation, I, I think of staying power. There's so many churches in downtowns that would kill to have this many children in church. There's so many churches across the nation where if you have the children's sermon, it's two kids that come up and they don't have Sunday school and vacation Bible school anymore because there's no more kids. And here Mrs. Fink's got to say, could you scoot over and 8,000 kids raise their hand to talk a little bit. Staying power, right? That's St. John's. We've got some staying power. And when I talk about the school, it become very emotional. I remember when I first started here and my son was, was little on his way to preschool and the principal then who passed away to be with Jesus, he, we, we got into a, a, a verbal kind of fisticuffs and his father was a Brooklyn cop. And so he was sharper on the tongue than I was. Now I could take him, but then I was a young guy, so. And he said, when the day comes, you'll send your kids to St. John's and you'll be glad you did. He was right. When I begin to talk about the school, I think about the teachers who affected my children's lives, who they would circle in the yearbook and say, Mr. Senny made a difference, or Mrs. Meyer made a difference, or Mrs. Webster made a difference. See, that's staying power. Our school is six generations old, six generations. Great-great-grandpa, great-grandpa, Grandpa, you, grandkid, powerful stuff, powerful. We sent our kids to St. John's. We never got a discount, not a thing in the world. We just kept sending them, worked out pretty good. And when I think about that, I think about the investment that we made in our own children and the return on that investment now that they know the Lord Jesus, that they live by a value system that's eternal, and that they're anchored to something that's infinitely bigger than themselves. I, I think that all the dollars that we spent were well, well worth it. More than anything, my wife and I wanted a school where, where we could drop our kids off and, and then they would be reinforced with everything we did in our home, meaning praying before meals and talking about the Lord Jesus and having a faith life. 
We didn't want to drop our kids off at school and then say, well, good luck, you can have them. You form their values, you form their faith, you form their intellect, it's all good. We'll just kind of, you know, subcontract it out to you. And that isn't where we were. And we were blessed through St. John's School ourselves that our kids know Jesus, that they practice their faith, that they had the best education that we could possibly provide for them. And that they would then carry the faith they received in Jesus in their adult life. The most important piece of our school is the Jesus piece. Education is the platform, but Jesus is the message. And in Jesus, there's an incredible amount of staying power. If you would look at the pictures, these are all John pictures. They all come out of the Gospel of John in our reading this morning in the early service, we talked about Mark. And, and, and it was Jesus walking up to some guys fishing. And he said, why don't you drop your nets and follow me and we'll go fish for people. And Jesus gave them an invitation and an introduction to himself that changed those fishermen. You ask any person, any young person from St. John's, any student, if they've ever heard of John or Peter, or Andrew, or James, and they'll say, absolutely. As a matter of fact, those guys are over 2,000 years old, and our students have, have read what those guys had written. Now, you want to talk about staying power, probably even more staying power than Joe Rogan's podcast is St. John's Gospel, and it's molded and shaped the lives of generation after generation. And the legacy of those disciples introduced to Jesus by the Sea of Galilee is the legacy that we bring to the students in our school day by day by day by day. And as surely as Jesus called those disciples by the shore of Sea of Galilee that day, he calls you to follow him as well. Jesus wants to introduce himself to you he wants you to believe and trust in Him. And belief and trust, well, they start as seeds in little hearts that are incubated through experience in the changes of life. And it's when we've lived some that we find the peace that comes from knowing Jesus. When we're young, grace is kind of a concept. But when we've lived a little bit, we find that grace and the grace that comes from Jesus is the wellspring of our lives. It's the breath that we breathe. It's the living water that provides soothing, calm, and peace for our hearts. And in a day at a time where nothing seems to be sustainable and everything seems able to be readily thrown out, that grace and that love of Jesus that restores our soul has staying power. When we renovated the sanctuary, we did it so we could do this. Uh, so we could have everybody in here and have the band and all, all that stuff. One of the things, if you notice, is we have two stones, two, two cornerstones in this building. And one of them's in English. St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church, 1918, blah, blah, blah. So we, we, we pried the other one off. And actually, it was a young man who, there was a gentleman who was a young man who was older at the time, who said, I'm going to get my sawzall and I'm going to cut that plate off there. I'm going to show you what's underneath there. His father was one of the original gentlemen who started the school. And Mr. Schluter went to school here. 
and his children and grandchildren all went through school here. Mr. Schluter went to school here when you spoke German. And as he took the plate off the, off of the cornerstone, it said, Sen Johannes Evangelische Lutheranische Kirche, St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church. Evangelical, it's a big word for the gospel. Evangelical is a big word for Jesus' love for you and me. And the staying power of that gospel when the city came to us and said, your school needs to start teaching in English because they think you're all in collaboration with the Kaiser, you better chill out. And it was St. John's that broke the English barrier and moved from German to English in their school and changed the whole culture of the city of Orange. That's staying power, that's influence. And so we follow, we follow Jesus, we fish for people like those disciples, and we introduce people to, to Jesus. And I love what our faculty and staff did with the John 15 verse, and what a fine job Mrs. Fink did with the children's message this morning with her students and her good assistants who helped her out today. That's fabulous. Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. In 1842, the church was started down by the old, it was not too far from the Earth Cafe, <laughs> and some Germans were standing around in a thing, and there were about 12 families, and they said, wir müssen Kirchen haben, which is poor German for, we need to have a church. So they got their little church figured out, and they planted it, and, and they filled it up, and they got a little surplus building from Orange School District. And they filled that up with their first class of students in 1883 when the school was formed. And back then it was formed for culture. It was German language, German traditions, uh, German food, German religion, German everything was German. And everyone spoke German. And, and what was kind of rough is that they did discipline in German. Have you ever heard a German yell? Oh my gosh, it's like the gates of hell are open. I'm like, ah! <laughs> had a gentleman who, before he passed away, sat up in the balcony up where y'all are, and he said, whenever you talk about the school, Pastor Tim, I laugh because I think about the board of education. Like, oh my gosh, kids. <laughs> we don't do that anymore. However, we are insured for that, so, you know, it's, it's a whole different thing in 2024, right? But that platform has endured our school today is not populated with a bunch of German-speaking people anymore, but our school is populated by about half members of St. John's and half people who will be in my new member class tonight become members of St. John's because it's a great place to be. But the ministry of the school has changed a bit over the 140 years. The days of yelling in German and corporal punishment are over. And the Board of Education is a board that loves and cares for the kids, not something on the backside of a recalcitrant student. But what remains from 1883 is so strong and has such staying power that you're sitting in a sanctuary this morning. And that's the marvelous love and connection to Jesus. The school is our platform to introduce families 
to Jesus. And so there's three pieces of that that I love that I want to share with you as I close down here. The first is that I love our teachers. They don't merely teach subject matter or grade level. They have godly responsibility to introduce students to Jesus. That's a part of the culture that Dr. Hollitz has led us to in our school. We're not here for any other reason than for students to know Jesus. It just so happens that education is the means by which we proclaim Christ to you and your family so that people get it and love it and know it. And that in their lives, the lives of the families that stu- the teachers care for, that they would have staying power. And that your students would have faith in Jesus that drives their values, drives their education, drives the culture in your family and provides staying power for them and you delivered by our faculty and our staff. As your children are educated, brought into the faith, and equipped for the challenges as they go forward into their life. I love that. And I love that our congregation has a school. It, 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 the congregation has a school. The school doesn't have a congregation. Whenever the accrediting people come in, they say, well, what's the deal? Why, why is your school thriving and others are hurting? And I said, well, that's easy. That, that's because the, 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 the church has a school. And the church loves the school. And the people who are probably average 30 years older than you at the early service applauded when we talked about the ministry to the children in our school, many of them having attended or having children that attended. There have been times like the late 1990s and early 2000s that as a congregation, we invested heavily in the school. I remember a specific meeting where it was the principal and me and the head trustee and the head of the school board, and we said, McPherson Magnet School is killing us. We're losing all our kids to McPherson Magnet School. We need to do some work. We had about 150 grand. It was the last money we had in our savings account as a church. The chairman of the congregation looked at the principal in the Board of Ed and said, go get them. So we bought two laptop computer mobile labs and hired someone who knew how to run them. And the congregation continues to make a marvelous investment in the school because it's the heartbeat of our church. One piece that we hit a a marvelous blessing on that I wanted to share with you today, and I think it's appropriate to share it today, is that the the commitment of the congregation and the school is is so robust. With the run-up of the market over the last month, our endowment fund for student scholarships went over $5 million to $5,097,903 and change. How about that? How about that? I love our faculty. I love our congregation and school and the way they work together. And I love the students. So students are kind of what it's all about. Recently, a student reached out to me on Instagram and started bantering back and forth with me, and, and, and I said, what's the deal? And she goes, well, through COVID, I felt so disconnected that I needed to reach out to someone, and I knew, having gone to St. John's in the 90s, and you being my youth pastor, that you would be a safe person to reach out to. And I'm like, okay. 
I said, how'd you get to St. John's? She said, well, my parents thought that I needed a religious school. <laughs> I said, great, we are a religious school, right? She said, I'm a nurse in a hospital, and I've struggled and struggled and struggled. She said, when the COVID thing hit, it was just miserable. And when this and the HR stuff and all the stuff in the state of California, she was just, everything was changing so fast around me. And, and it was just so intense and all of those things. She said, but I went back to St. John's. I went back to faith in Jesus. I went back to that which had staying power and which was strong and secure. And it was that peace that saw me through the COVID pandemic stuff and beyond. You see, we're making a deposit in the hearts of your children that's going to last them a lifetime and beyond. I get a little paranoid the middle of August when it gets quiet, and I'm like, oh, we broke it. The kids aren't coming back. And then all of a sudden, the basketball starts bouncing under my office. Our faculty, our church, and our students are what make this community work. And there's still lots of work to do. We don't live in 1883, thank God, or even 2013, thank God. But the work we have before us as a congregation here in 2024 is, is grand. For we live in a nation that culturally needs to know and be introduced to Jesus. We live in a state that needs to be introduced to Jesus. We have a county in which people still need to be introduced to Jesus and even more, we've been given a powerful platform to introduce people to Jesus. As you've done what I did, my wife did. We entrusted our students, we entrusted our children, our greatest treasured gift to a place and a school that would introduce them and lead them to follow Jesus. So what's the hard work? Well, the hard work is easy to define, and it takes all of us to get after. We do like Jesus did on that seashore with a bunch of fishermen. We do that over and over and over again as we introduce Jesus to people using the platform of a school and a church, strategically located and blessed to be able to make all that happen. Would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, I can smell the cheeseburgers. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity to be together today. Thank you for this sanctuary being full. Thank you that we sang the praise choruses this morning, that the children's voices just were predominant in the, in the sanctuary. I thank you for the work that a dedicated faculty did uh, for my son and daughter and, and uh, <laughs> now for my grandson over in preschool. And I thank you for the dedication of our faculty and for their hard work. I ask your hand a blessing upon all of us as we pull together as a community, as we introduce a, a Jesus to a new generation and, and, and into a culture that, that's kind of looking to find something that has staying power. We have the answer to that, Lord. And the answer is you. So bless our afternoon. Bless our day as we get after it together. 
All these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.